You are alone? I have two droids. We've come in search of a ship that crashed near here. Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. The ship you seek is nearby. Are the Imperial troops near this planet? They are here, friend, and growing more powerful. Once again, Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar, welcome to a special episode of MandoVision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is via social media, at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. And if possible or so inclined... Five-star reviews are the best and easiest way to help support the show. They really help small independent shows like us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle, and defeat the algorithm. Thank you so, so much for doing so in advance. Well, welcome aboard. This is a special episode of the show. As, as many of you may know, I am currently on holiday. And so why not talk about a, a recently added piece of Star Wars Holiday Fun. Now available. It's been available for quite some time now on on the Disney Plus. On the Star Wars tab when you go down to the vintage Star Wars. You can experience nine minutes of, of sheer insanity. Sheer bewilderment. Of sheer 70s glory. That's the only, only way I can really describe it. I am, of course, talking about the animated segment from the Star Wars Holiday Special, The Faithful Wookiee. This is the animated sequence that uh, was the debut of Boba Fett, of all, of all things. This is where Boba first made his appearance in the world in the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, and, and for a long time, many people considered this to be the only redeeming aspect of the Star Wars Holiday Special, which is uh, infamous for so many reasons, well, whether it's... Uh, Bad makeup, bad costumes, bad stories. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's pretty reviled. The whole thing, you can watch the whole special. It's on YouTube if you have not seen it before. I've seen a bootleg of it, oh, geez, probably 25 years ago when I watched that sucker. And it was a, it was a slog. I'm not going to lie. It's not, one of, it's not my favorite piece of Star Wars uh, material out there. Um... Yeah, I don't, I don't really, you know, I don't want to sit here and poo-poo all over it. Um, but from that came the Faithful Wookiee. Like I said, it was an introduction to Boba Fett, who is very interesting in his look. His look is, is pretty intact, but there's some, some oddities to talk about. His behavior, um, the way he, <laughs> for me, what's interesting, the, mo- the most interesting about this is, is uh, his delivery. The way he talks is so, I don't know unique and so yeah we are going to talk about that we are here again it's a bonus episode and we're gonna be talking about a nine minute segment from the star wars holiday special so i don't even know if i'll be able to 
to, if I if I have the guts to call this a full blown episode of Mandavision. At the very least, it will be a bonus episode of Mandavision. And uh, again, I thank you all so much for checking it out. Uh, I'm very curious, you all, everyone's thoughts and feelings on on the Star Wars Holiday Special on the Faithful Wookiee in particular. It's like, do you find aspects of it, you know, kind of redemptive in a sense? Like when you got to sit down and watch it, we're like, oh, it's not as bad as everyone says it is. Um, and that again, that applies to both the Holiday Special itself as a whole, and and the Faithful Wookiee as just a, a, an animated segment within that special. So you know what we're gonna do first. Before we dive into everything, you have to strap on your buckets. Let's go. You are foolish to waste your kindness on this dumb creature. No lower life form is worth going hungry for, friend. I take it you have no love of the Empire. I don't. Well, neither do I. It will be easy to find the ship you seek. Follow me, friend. Don't you think it might be imprudent to trust him so quickly, sir? He's our only chance. And besides, he seems like a friend. Oh, Luke, so young, so naive. So just impressed by Boba Fett and that sweet, sweet armor that uh, you were easily duped into following him into almost into an Imperial trap. And that's uh, kind of how this, this show gets started. Again, this is a nine-minute special from the Star Wars holiday special, The Faithful Wookiee. Uh, Chewbacca has alerted the rebels that the he and Han were out trying to get this mysterious talisman, and uh, apparently it, it gets you some kind of virus. And the best way to fight off this virus is to be hung upside down once you're unconscious. It keeps the blood flowing to the brain, apparently. So Chewbacca has strung up <laughs> on Solo, and now R2, Luke, and uh, excuse me, Luke, R2, and C3PO are going to come out help as best they can with their friends. And uh, by the way, Luke comes out in a Y-Wing, which is, that's an interesting choice, right? Very, very unique. Chewbacca crashes the Millennium Falcon on this planet, Pana, and they crash it into a, um, I don't know, it looked like like eggplant hummus. That's what the ocean, the water looked like. Uh, Maybe maybe like some kind of a purple kind of fondue, if you will. It was, uh, it's very unique. The, The visuals for the animated series are, I'm sorry for this animated special are um very 70s very peculiar if that's if I could use that word uh, I believe the company that did the animation for this was Nelvana and they you know this this was very much in their style but when you when you watch it and you kind of compare it and contrast it with with Star Wars you know the first Star Wars had come out in 77 a new hope excuse me and uh, Nelvana gave a very unique interpretation of Star Wars for this animated special. Um, pay attention to the way R2-D2 moves around. He's very uh, wiggly, very flexible for a droid. Uh, you know, that you, you, you would think has a very solid, uh, unbending sort of body. Uh, Han Solo, I, I, I'm not sure what Han Solo is supposed to be in this. I guess he's a human, but he's, he's, it's, it's hard to tell. Um, uh, RG, uh, excuse me, C-3PO has some... Uh, I like the way... Well, like is an interesting choice. But it's an interesting method that they use for R- for C-3PO to blink. Uh, not that I ever thought that a droid needed to blink, but Nelvana apparently decided that C-3PO should blink. So he has a very unique blinking pattern, uh, way in which he blinks even. And then, of course, there's there's Luke, who looks like Luke for the most part. He's in the costume, the outfit that we saw him wearing at the end, at the ceremony. 
in A New Hope uh, when he's getting his medal. It would have been kind of funny if he still had the medal on. I would have kind of dug that more if he was just like super braggadocious. Like, hey, did you see that, that medal I got for Blood of the Death Starts right here? Got it right here. On my body. On my person. <laughs> and then, of course, there is the introduction of Bubba Fett, who his armor, his, his look is very, uh, it's, it's very much in line with what we see when we finally meet up with Boba Fett for real in Return of the Jedi. Uh, one of the things that's interesting to note is uh, that little, like, it looks like a little tiny, like, eye, like a third eye sort of situation uh, at the center point of his helmet. That obviously did not make the transition to live action, I think probably for the best. And, of, of course, he had he has his distinctive look, the pelt, the T-visor, the whole shebang. Uh, but his weapons, I mean, I think we all know, by now, his Ambin phase blast rifle, blaster rifle, is from this special, the one that we see in The Mandalorian, that we see The Mandalorian using, a lot of which he uses in Season 1 of the show. This is from that. This is what fa inspired Favreau. Favreau obviously remembered very much this, this holiday special, and the Faithful Wookiee in particular. So yeah, they, this is the weapon they crafted for Din Djarin. So yeah, this is that weapon's first appearance. So, so yeah, pretty... Unique visuals, you know. It's again, it's a nine-minute uh, segment, so we don't have a ton of of plot. Uh, it's it's kind of a convoluted plan that Boba Fett has constructed, because surprise, surprise, he is working for Darth Vader in an attempt to reveal the location of the rebels, so that Vader can then arrive and and stop them all. So this virus, um, Boba Fett's going to help them get the cure for it, and they're going to go to Pana City. He and Chewbacca, because. And now Luke is sick. He's been infected by it already. So C-3PO and R2 are going to hang out at the base, excuse me, on the Falcon, and take care of the two humans who are now sick. So we get Chewie and Boba in the uh, in the city and on their adventures. And listen, let's be honest, Boba Fett, Luke said it right there. He seems, he seems like he's a friend. I don't know, if Luke, if you just watched him whack that giant Pana dragon that he was riding, did not seem very friendly to me. Kind of cruel to animals, called them big dumb creatures, and he, and he just whacks them with his, with his pulse rifle. Mmm, it's a bad look. Towers. No, but that, no, he's a friend. What did he do to Luke? He didn't do anything. R2D2 has detected contamination. It must have come from the talisman. That's another interesting aspect of this episode as well, is the pronunciation of Boba Fett. They say they very much uh, emphasize the Boba, Boba, which is kind of what we saw when we watched episode two with uh, Tan Wei, pronouncing it Boba. And, and uh, that's how we hear it by a lot of the other characters in this episode. So again, very interesting and a very, very unique sort of take on things. Another interesting element of this is, again, we have this mysterious talisman, this mystical talisman that Han and Chewie are, or, were, were out to find. And as Luke is entering the Millennium Falcon to check on his friends to help them, we see Chewie just casually throwing it out like uh, out the window <laughs> and dumping it into the, the river, uh, I'm sorry, the, the water, the ocean of Pana. And uh, this, is, uh, this sets off Boba Fett. He, he, uh, well, this is when he comes in, he, you know, he wraps up Chewie with his, with his rope cables. And a C-3PO eventually talks down Boba Fett and lets him know that it's not Luke's fault that Luke passed out. And that we're, we're going to find out a little bit more about this, this virus that's rendering everyone uh, human, uh, you know, unconscious and, and having to have them be put upside down. Check this out. 
I know this sleeping virus the Empire uses on its enemies. They have a remedy for it in the city. I could get some for you. I'm afraid Chewbacca insists on going with you. You will only get in the way. But if you must, come on. <laughs> this is so silly. You know, another aspect of the, the series, of this animation thing that, that um, I neglected to talk about when we first began was the opening of the of the of the animation sequence of the faithful Wookiee where it's like very Star Trek esque. we get sort of like a, a captain's log opening for this. And I just, it, it, it was jarring to me. It was like, it was like, wow, people didn't really have a solid idea of what star Wars was at the time. So it, it felt like, well, Star Trek's something that's going on. We can watch reruns of, of the original series and uh, captain Kirk's always talking into his log and, and making a you know journal entry for everyone to, to hear and, and kind of giving you a place to have uh, exposition and, and kind of get everything out. And I guess exposition is fairly important when you have nine minutes of animation to, to kind of tell your little story and, and wrap it up in a way. I don't know if I want to say satisfying way, but in a way. So, yeah, it, it, an interesting piece of, um, I don't know. Again, I don't want to call it, I don't want to call it more than it is. I mean, it's, it's just... Star Wars was very, very different after the first movie, and and before, um, I before I think really Lucas had a feel for what he wanted this universe to look like. I don't know that for a fact. I and again, the, uh, he has talked about it many times that he was very much removed from the process of the Star Wars Holiday Special, in particular with the animation. I, th I think they contributed the the idea of Boba Fett, but it was, it's not like they consulted him on storytelling aspects. And as Boba Fett just told us. The, the Empire apparently has a, a sleeping virus that they can deploy against their enemies because I guess uh, that sounds like a, a cool thing that the Empire would do. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I jest, but please, I, I hope everyone knows that uh, I'm, I'm not attempting to make fun of this at all. Actually, I kind of sort of like this. It has a weird charm to it. It has a sort of, um, just a, a, again, a unique visual flair. Um in a sort of lack of understanding of what Star Wars is, that is, again, I'll just say charming. There, there's something somewhat enjoyable about this, even though it is just kind of bonkers and off the wall and a little weird. And uh, I, I don't again, I, I do not dislike this at all. It's, it's just this quirky piece of of the Star Wars history that uh, that we should all pay attention to and acknowledge. And I mean, if Disney Plus is going to give it out, to, give it. A, give it enough attention to put it on its platform and then we should honor it and and we'll, t we'll talk a little bit more about the holiday special in general uh, after we kind of wrap up the review of of the faithful wookie but uh yeah interesting stuff so here's one of those log entries that i was talking about this is the one from the middle of the of the uh episode that kind of spoils boba fett's inevitable reveal as being a not maybe the best faithful friend for this story, like Luke seems to think he is. Starlog update. Although Boba Fett quickly located the serum for the sleeping virus, we had no idea of his real plan. <laughs> the way he sort of like moseys on over to this thing is, is hilarious, and I love it. Let's go ahead and cut back to the Millennium Falcon, where, where C-3PO is monitoring the life signs of, of Luke and Han, and R2 just seems to be monitoring communications when he comes across a vital piece of, of information. 
ooh, excuse me, of information that we need for the episode. Try to find them on the view screen. Da, beta. I want them alive. Now that you've gotten their trust, they may take you to their new base. This time we'll get them all. I see why they call you the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. Oh no, what will we do now? I mean, it's pretty nice when you get Darth Vader telling you that you're the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. I mean, he just drops it in a conversation with you. <laughs> person to person. They, they, you know, no one, you know, that <laughs> it's hilarious. I love it. I love this thing. It's ridiculous. It's silly. Uh, it's fun, but it has this wonderful, again, I can't use another word for it, but, but this quirky charm. I, it, maybe that's not the right word, but it's quirky and fun. If you don't want to use charming, it's it's just it's just silly. It's so silly, and I, I dig it. And the look of the stormtroopers, again, Nelvana's animation is so interesting. The way they sort of bring their style and, and meld it in with the Star Wars that we know so well, even if it is just from that first film back in '77. Uh, you know, this it, they did a fine job. You know, there probably wasn't a ton of reference available for them, but the stormtroopers look is so interesting. The helmets are so big and kind of puffy especially towards like the front it's almost like it's almost like a a weird kind of muzzle on on the stormtrooper helmets it's such a fun interesting weird design and i i, I don't know there's something about it that i just am like that's that's weird i don't know i <laughs> i just like it all right so we got to wrap this thing up but uh so bubba's brought the the cure for the virus back han and luke are recovering and again, this is sort of like his plan with Darth Vader that uh, Boba Fett's going to infiltrate the Rebel Alliance here and be able to give away the location of their base so that the Empire can swoop in. But uh, yeah, let's kind of reveal things here. Says our friend Boba found serum for the talisman virus. Boba, you're a hero and a faithful friend. You must come back with us. What's the matter with R2? I'm afraid, sir, it's because you said Boba is a friend and faithful ally. That simply does not feed properly into R2's information bank. What are you talking about? We intercepted a message between Boba and Darth Vader, sir. Boba Fett is Darth Vader's right-hand man. I'm afraid this whole adventure has been an imperial plot. We'll meet again, friend. And then Boba Fett just rockets away. <laughs> It's brilliant. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't think we talked about Boba's use of, of just calling everyone friend. We'll meet again, friend. It's uh, uh, just weird and wild and so interesting. And the, the look on Luke's face as he realizes that this strange masked man that he just met five minutes ago is not who he claims to be. Bewildered. Bewildered. Luke is obviously bewildered by what has just occurred as, as Boba Fett rockets out the top of the... Millennium Falcon to report back to the Empire, one would, one would imagine. And we also find out that Chewbacca didn't trust him very much, and he has a very interesting reason why. Well, trust a droid to get to the bottom of things. Boba sure fooled the rest of us. I beg your pardon, sir. Chewbacca suspected all along there was something bad about Boba. How did you know, Chewie? May I quit directly, sir? He just didn't smell right. <laughs> well, let's get off this galactic raindrop. 
Captain Kazan, Starlog Entry 320. Okay, we don't need to hear the Starlog Entry. But yeah, because Boba Fett didn't smell right. She was Chewbacca new all along. <laughs> I, I cannot implore you enough. It's nine minutes long. It's weird. It's, it's strange. It's a little bizarre. Um, but it's worth your time. Check it out. It is it's this sort of fun anomaly in, in Star Wars history and Star Wars lore that for many, many decades uh, was, was disavowed and ignored and not made. Uh, it was sort of like the, the, the redheaded stepchild. If, with, forgive me, redheads out there. But to use a phrase, like it was something that was not talked about. It was something that was best left forgotten. You know, it was, it was for the longest time you could only watch this thing from conventions, from bootlegs you would buy at conventions, at comic book shows. And that's how it lived for the longest, longest time. And then obviously the internet came and someone got it up on YouTube. And that's how another another group of people would start to watch the, the Star Wars Holiday Special, in particular, the Faithful Wookiee, because people wanted to see Chewbacca, or I'm sorry, Boba Fett's origins, his sort of debut in the Star Wars and what it was like. Um, yeah, it's just quirky. I, it's the best way I can describe it. And I don't mean it in a bad way or a good way. It's, it's just, it's, again, it's a weird, quirky anomaly that's kind of fun and ridiculous, especially if you don't take it too, too gosh darn seriously. So go check out this interesting piece of Star Wars lore, uh, particularly because it seems that elements of the Star Wars Holiday Special are becoming more and more, are, are being reintroduced back into the fold. You know, we talked about the Ambin uh, Pulse Phase Rifle that Boba Fett uses in this episode being the weapon that Din Djarin has in The Mandalorian in Seasons 1 and 2. Because Favreau and Filoni and, and these guys who, you know, grew up watching the who grew up watching the holiday special in '77, I'm sorry, in '78, uh, they had an affinity for it. They were they had a connection to it, an emotional attachment to it. And obviously, you know, you know, also from the holiday special, Life Day, the Star Wars holiday special is what gave us Life Day. Life Day was reintroduced in the first episode of The Mandalorian in season one. So elements of Life Day are coming back. Everything is coming back. And Marvel's announced that they're doing a new Star Wars holiday special one-shot comic book coming out this year. It's going to be four stories that celebrate Life Day. It's going to be a lot of fun. So all these things are kind of coming back into play. And it's going to be... I'm excited about it. I'm not going to lie. I like I like this um, re-examining a, a piece of, of, of history that was kind of like thrown away. And, and and embracing it, bringing it back to the fold, embracing it in a new, fun, fun way, and you know, spinning it in a way that makes the fans excited, and and helps you tell fun stories. So it's really, really cool. Here, I'll give you the quote from the announcement that was off of StarWars.com. This is from a, a couple weeks ago, so people may know this already. But it's Life Day is the last thing on Han Solo's mind when he and Chewbacca find themselves outgunned and under fire. But Chewie won't give up hope, remembering the lessons of Life Day's past and present. As for life days yet to come, well, they'll have to survive the night first. Uh, we got some amazing talent on this book. Writers Kevin Scott, Justina Ireland, Jody Hauser, Steve Orlando. Uh, they have a couple different covers. Phil Noto's doing one. Jander Sema's doing one. There, there's, it's going to be really, really neat. And I am pretty excited for it. There's also talk that one of the stories is going to be from, from the High Republic, which makes a ton of sense. Kevin Scott and Justina Ireland are writing books set in the High Republic era. So it'll be really, really cool. I'm excited about that. And, oh, actually, they, they already, they, yeah, it's going to be um, Justina Ireland's writing that Life Day story about the High Republic with the, the Jedi's premier Wookiee of the time, 
uh, Bariaga. Excuse me, I almost forgot his name for a second there. So yeah, it's get ready, embrace these things. Let's go and reconnect with it. I'm I'm sort of curious if it's only a matter of time until we get the entire holiday special available to watch at some point. Um, yes, no. Do you want to do you want to see that thing available again? Are you are you content watching it on YouTube with 75 advertisements every two seconds, or? Uh, is you think it's best left in the back of the Star Wars closet, and and, and just sort of buried underneath some dirty clothes, um, you know, both as dirty laundry, if you will, and and yeah, I don't know, it it's weird, and the the parts of the holiday special featuring actual actors, live action stuff, is not good. It's not good. There's weird musical numbers. It's 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 probably best left behind but again there are elements that can be pulled and and made part of the star wars canon and it sort of embraces the weirdness the wildness that was the star wars holiday special from 1978 can you dig it i think you can i think you can so <laughs> let's get ready to embrace that comic book you know we'll be talking about that comic when it comes out um let's see if, if it's coming out in november means i'll probably get a chance to talk about it in december right before uh, the Christmas holidays. Uh, Christmas holiday, Hanukkah, all the, all the December holidays that are lined up. We'll have that book to talk about, so it'll be a lot of fun. All right, and yeah, I guess we'll wrap it up at that with, with this point. So thank you for listening to this weird anomaly of an episode. Again, uh, we just figured I'd throw this one out there while I was on vacation, and we're talking about holidays. Like I'm on a holiday. We can talk about the holiday life day. Why not? Let's get into it. Thank you so much for listening to this special bonus episode of Mandovision Podcast. My name is Tom, Nargai Tom, and it truly means the world to me that you all take the time to download, listen, and share this show with all your friends, family, loved ones, and of course, the other Mandalorians in your covert. Remember, we are on social media at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. Please email the show, MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. I already said that part. So... <laughs> If possible or so inclined, five-star reviews, the best and easiest way to help support podcasts that are small and independent, just like us. We truly, truly appreciate it. All right, everyone, stay safe, stay smart, stay awesome, stay in your buckets. I'll see you soon. And remember, this podcast can only end one way. This is the 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 way.